So one random morning, I was sitting in my Bible time with my coffee, cozied up when no sun had risen yet, and I had this idea that I'm about to go work out, but I have so many golden nuggets that God just gifted me. And I know sometimes they're just for me, but sometimes I cannot wait to share them with you. I mean, isn't that what going and making disciples of all nations is, the Great Commission, right? So I decided I would jump on a Peloton so I can still get my workout in and still check that box for my habit building, my habit stacking, the atomic habits that build incredible momentum for my energy and for my sustenance and for my family and everything I'm connected to. So this is your behind the scenes, your backstage pass, your not live, but still really good Peloton and preach moment. Okay. So you might hear me huffing and puffing, disregard that or not join me, start working out while you listen to Peloton and preach. And then you won't be distracted by my windedness. Just think I'm on the Peloton next to you or we're running just like, you know, not coffee combo. Okay. We're actually moving. So let's do the thing together. Let's move. Let's remain fit in faith by activating and not just talking about the activation. And hang out with me on Peloton. I'm live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. And you can find me in my Facebook group, which is the Fit and Faith Network, just like the app. If you don't have the app, get the app. Or hang out Instagram live. Okay? It's really fun. Enjoy Peloton and Preach. Come breathe hard with me. Let's go. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. I'm super excited to be here today. And, uh, you know, the verse out of the abundance of your heart, you'll speak, right? And so it's what you've been depositing is what will come out. Last time we were on here. What's up, Justin? What's up, Allison? Good to see you this morning. Last time I was on here, uh, you might've seen me weeping. You might've seen me, uh, just in heavy, a heavy heart over praying for my grandpa. And there's nothing better than sharing a testimony. Um, but I had so many of you all sending me prayers and I'm so grateful for that. And so thanks for taking the time. Um, more so importantly, thanks for sitting in that space of, of heartache and vulnerability, but hope at the same time. Uh, he passed last, not this past Thursday, but the Thursday before and such a treasure an unexpected God wink. Um, I felt angels around us. I saw him leave his body, which is such a wild, if they call it a transition time in as your body and spirit are essentially you're dying, right? Um, not to say it so, so, um, morbidly, but it, it's what's happening. 
Um, but we had been praying and warring over his heart and his attention. And within the last seven days of his life, there were so many signs of just sealed peace that I witnessed in him. And I also felt from the Lord himself to me, to my siblings, to his children, to his children's children, right? For generations. And I had an opportunity on Sunday to preside over his funeral, which I've never done before. I've done lots of weddings, but a funeral was a whole nother element of nerves, I'll say. Um, but it was such an honor, and I'm so grateful that I had the chance to do that, especially with him being a wordsmith himself. But I wanted to share and just testify that prayer works, that the desires of your heart when they're aligned to God are going to come to fruition. It's not a if, but more a win. And so I hope that the things that are being planted in your heart consistently, understanding that desires, and this is the same concept where people get confused, is that they say, well, you know, they say that the heart is deceitful. So how am I supposed to also believe that the desires of my heart are going to be given to me? Well, desire is of, D, of, sire, God, of God. And so often we put little G gods, our idols, our our flesh, our worldly desires before God. And so that's something I'm going to talk about today from my own reading this morning in Matthew. And it was a parable that I've glossed over so many times. I've ever ne never actually heard it shared from the pulpit or a Peloton. So I was excited to share about it, but I wanted to make sure that I was able to share with you how good God is, that I feel so much peace on where my grandpa is. But just like this parable, why wait? Why why wait? I was actually saddened even in the knowing that he was with Jesus in this moment, thinking about, gosh, he missed it. There's so much freedom that we get to experience here. There's so much joy that we get to experience here. And while he might have tasted happiness, he might have tasted elements of the promise of God, and I believe everyone has access to that without the knowing of who it's derived from, Oh, the eternity aspect is missed. And so it goes so perfectly into this, and I want to jump into the scripture now. Um, Matthew 25, we're going to read like 1 through, uh, 1 through 13. And so often, I've only heard about the parable of the talents, and it's because it's the very next one after this. And I think, especially from a business lens, people jump into the parable of the talents because it feels tangible. feels like you understand investing. You can understand finances. You can clearly see what was done and not done and what was wrong, what was not wrong. And it calls us into a greater element of investment and, and management and being obedient with what we've been given. But it wasn't really the same with the one before. So I actually had to do some research this morning, which is one of my favorite things to do. If you guys don't read the Bible and then research what it is that is taking place. There are scholars that have gone before you to help reveal some of these things, but simultaneously, like just sitting with the Lord, Lord, what do you want to say to me in this moment? Even with this knowledge, right? Knowledge will shift to wisdom when it's connected to the Lord, when it's a download from heaven. And that's what this one was about. So I'm sitting there drinking my coffee and my mug says, Mas fuerte juntos. Mas fuerte 
juntos. What that means is better together, which is the common phrase you hear, but more stronger together. And I was reading this verse and I'm like, come on, God, you're so good. Because even yesterday, having a business conversation with a partner, we were talking about what's happening in the body of Christ, what's happening in the revival of the church, is people are actually willing to raise their hand and say, I can't do it alone. I need to go at this with people. Iron sharpens iron, right? The disciples weren't alone. I was watching The Chosen last night with my kiddos, episode seven, really, really good, season three, and it was all about being together. It was about the priority that even Jesus prioritized our togetherness and the importance of having vulnerable, authentic relationships that will help to grow you. So Matthew 25, it's talking about the bridesmaids of a coming wedding. If you are familiar with scripture, you know that they we are referenced as the bride and the bridegroom or the bride of Christ. And here's what it says. It says, then the kingdom of heaven, we're going to have a whole conversation about the kingdom of heaven, will be like bridesmaids. Let's just start there, actually, because so often people look to these and they read about the one topic that Jesus spoke about over and over and over again is the kingdom. And yet you think that's heaven. You think God's like luring you into heaven and he can't wait to be with you. No, he's like, right now you can be with me. Here on earth as it is in heaven, his intention when he created mankind, when he created you predestined for good works, is that we would create kingdom here on earth. We have dominion here on earth. His dominion is there. Our dominion is here. And he presides over it for sure. But he gave us that as a birthright, just as a king would gift towards his his kin. Right? When he leaves, when he's the successor, when he's in heaven, it's your role. It's your responsibility. So we will be like bridesmaids for the guys listening. You're like, I don't know what it feels like to be a bridesmaid. Maybe you've been a groomsman before. Similar concept. Brides might have a little bit more maintenance to it. But it says, who took their lamps and went to see the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were, were wise. So in a group of 10, five, a cohort of five, another cohort of five. I am assuming even in the disciples, they had their many offshoots of like besties, if you will. It's natural. It's a part of our personas. It's who we vibe with, right? Our vibe attracts our tribe. And you have that safe haven in that inner circle. You know, from Jim Rohn that he literally says we're the sum of the five people we surround ourselves with. Well, this is clearly accurate if he, was a, if he was a Christian scholar, I don't know his faith. I'll have to check that out. That'd be interesting if he pulled or derived from this. The five people. Five of them are foolish and five of them are wise. I've ran in packs with unwise, foolish people. I was one of them. How much easier it was to mi- remain in that air of complacency, that air of uh, not being called higher. It was like a comfort zone of this is good enough. I was partying, I was telling white lies, I was not working in my full potential, I was never self-reflecting, I was never actually being fully honest with myself, so it was impossible for me to be honest with other people when it came to who am I? 
I actually became the herd. I actually became the identity of the collective. And that's not God's intention for you. And it's not our, his intention for us. Even as children of God, our identity remains in him. But when we come into communion together, he wants your unique gifts and talents to shine, to rise, to be utilized, to be represented. That's why if you're, it's important for you to share your testimony and for you not just to listen to my testimony. The body of Christ, I can't be a foot and an elbow at the same time. Can't be the eyes and the feet at the same time. What role do you play? So five were wise and five were foolish. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along the extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So they went out to meet the bridegroom. This is a tradition um, during wedding ceremonies based on all the festivities that happen with it. And it's late. They're just tired. And so... They fell asleep and at midnight they were roused by a shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went with him into the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. Man, so you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. So much in these short sentences. So much in just this element of the Bible. This is calling you to a higher level of excellence. I immediately thought when I read this, I'll be honest, I'm like, well, that was rude. <laughs> why wouldn't they give, why wouldn't they let them borrow it? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't they give them like, isn't that not generous? Doesn't God call us to be generous with what we've been given to be open-handed? Well, not to the foolish, are we, are we growing another dominion of darkness because we keep tithing in with our time, our energy, our finances, our resources into foolish realm, into the dark realm? No, that's not God's intention for us. And I love that he brought this to life because as we grow, as we develop in our relationships, as we create new partnerships, as we identify like spirit to like spirit, we recognize that fact that that person has done their due diligence. Even if they're a new Christian, their desire, their attention that, that is on God, big G, not little G. How do you define this? How do you, how do you know well, we know that there's a lot of elements of, of envy and pride and greed and lust and gluttony. And we know that there are signs connected to all of that. There are symptoms connected to what would be root sin. And it's not a place for us to judge, but it is a place for us to be wise. And so they didn't give the oil. And when I went to go find out, I'm like, I still don't get it. I really feel like I would have probably done that. 
And I've done that in the past and it's gotten me in trouble. It's put me behind. It's actually put me back into those old groups. Because sometimes we just want to lend a hand and we think we're doing what's right. But have we used discernment? Have we talked to God about it? Have you decided if that time, that precious time, to go and maybe go to the store with your friend or maybe give the oil and then you wouldn't have enough to sustain what it is that you've put the time and attention to day in and day out. You would miss your opportunity with the groom. So I'm calling you higher into a place of wisdom, into a place of discernment, into a place of not greediness, but intentionality. So when I looked it up and I realized that the oil was significant of this person's spiritual well, their spiritual well, just like right now, I cannot give you my waistline, my muscles. I cannot give you endurance. I cannot give you my stamina. I can encourage you. I can equip you. I can keep you accountable perhaps. But I cannot give you out of my spiritual well. Even as I teach you, you didn't experience the intimacy that I did the hour before I got on the bike. You didn't hear the intimate prayers of what I sent to the Lord, what I sowed in to the atmosphere of my home, what I sowed in to family members who live far away. Just like I sowed in to Grandpa and see where he is. You, you cannot gift away out of your spiritual well. You exist out of that place and people receive your spiritual gifts and your fruit. Galatians 5.22, I will know you by looking at your fruit. I will know that they've spent time with you, that they abide in Christ when I can look to the fruit of their lives. Success, wealth, I'll say riches, you cannot look to the outside of their life and anticipate the knowledge of what's gone in to that outcoming product. To me, it's like buying something from the store and then my daughter, for some reason, has such an eye for realizing that everything is made in China. <laughs> and she's like, oh, this is made in China. And it like hurts her heart because we've had conversations about how the work and labor force is there, the products that they use and don't use the safety associated to it for us. The fact that we're giving away our wells of finances when we could be making it right here in the sacredness of our home. Now, don't let this political rant get you out of alignment with what this word is saying, but it all plays together. So these five girls were unprepared. They had not put the obedience in but boy, did they want to seat at that party. They wanted to seat at that table. They wanted to be in conversation with Jesus. This is where that part of my heart was saddened for my grandpa. Because he could have had that so much sooner. And a lot of people are so empowered by the Esther quote or verse. For such a time as this. Like this is the time in which you've been created and cultivated to activate, to go, to do, to design, to create, to deploy, whatever that mission is for your heart. But what about the work that went in before that? 
What about the waiting season prior to? What about the obedience in the waiting season? What about all the things that happen in the quiet place? What about all the seeds you've been sowing that no one knows about? What about the way, if we reference the very next parable with the talents, what about the way you've been investing your resources? You're only going to have a little, even if it's a lot. (laughs) And that, that little, that element of necessity is the manna from heaven. That's going to get you through day by day by day. But when you turn your attention away from God's desire, God's gifts and blessings to you, and you start trying to acquire out of your flesh, out of what you believe you need, out of what you see everybody else has, and therefore you definitely think that you need it, you're going to end up knocking on the door on the outside of the party, and he's going to say, Believe me, I don't know you. And you're not going to let a stranger in. And this is a message to you even. Are you letting strangers in to your sacred place? Now, I believe it's so necessary for us to open our hearts to strangers, to those who are the least of these, impoverished. They don't have what you have. That's a call, a high call. Your neighbors love others as yourself. But in that moment of not giving does not mean that they're not generous. It's not what that means. It means that I have put so much time and energy into this well that it's not something tangible I can give you back. But you're welcome. You're welcome to try with me, do with me, experience with me. They walked with them, didn't they? The wise and the foolish together. But the wise were prepared. So you must keep watch. For you do not know the day or the hour of my return. I reference for such a time as this. But what if this time is your due diligence time, your waiting time, your patience time, your forbearance time. What if it's hard? What if you're going through trials and you're losing family members? Your heart is breaking. What if you're, you see prodigal children all around you and you want to just come back into the knowing of the Lord and his intention in their lives? But God is telling you, he is summoning you as the bridesmaid to get ready, to be prepared despite what you see around you. Because when he returns, you need all the oil that you're going you're gonna to get to get there, to be there, to maintain that space. It's going to be completely evident. You're not going to come into that bride and bridegroom experience asking for anything or feeling like you have lack. You're going to be in total opportunity of truly just being in awe and wonder and present. Are you present when you feel lack? It's a hard thing to do because we're playing between our mind and our spirit and our mind is telling us, oh, you can't do that. You need more. You're not capable of that. You haven't done that before. Constantly depressing, depressing, suppressing, suppressing the will of God on your life, the call of God on your life. 
And so if that, that verse for such a time as this ignites you and you're like, yes, revival, let's go. You're going to get to the party and you're going to run out of oil. And I don't want that for you. Last week, I had the opportunity of being on a missions trip in the Dominican Republic. Oh, my goodness. It was my first missions trip. If you've never been on one, stay tuned. (laughs) You can come with me next time. Totally, I don't have words for most of it. And there were so many different moments that the Lord just revealed himself to me through the exact words that someone was saying, through the exact, in uh, like, I communication because I couldn't even speak to all of the kiddos, but just the body language. I was witnessing their spiritual wells as orphans. I was witnessing their spiritual wells as deaf students who were being rejected by their parents and putting so much investment into them as humans, driving two hours one way to school and two hours back just to be in the protection of a safe haven that saw them, knew them, loved them. The spiritual wells of these leaders who are ministry leaders, who are orphanage leaders, who are chefs and cooks in these massive kitchens for 400 plus kids. And all they had the finances to make was tapioca pudding, basically rice and raisins. But the joy of the Lord was their strength. They gave El Dios, Señor, Senor, they call him, it sounds like a man, right? It's like the father, Senor Abba. They gave him all the praise. And I recognized in that moment what America is doing on a day-to-day basis, what they're actually storing up in their storehouses versus what the Dominican is storing up in theirs. And I wonder, as we surround ourselves with the foolish How much are we receiving by osmosis or are we building and protecting and staying in the fortress and the wing of our father saying fixated on the oil in which we have to produce. We get to produce. We're disciplined enough to produce and we're given full access to so that we can overflow to these other places, to these other nations. And yes, when we say nations, nations is you, it's your ethnicity and all the other people surrounding you. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave America. I love America. I'm so grateful for our freedoms. But what if there's more? What if the spiritual access point that you have connected to the time and the obedience and discipline that you are in the word so that it can be revealed to you so that you can do something 1% better today. Because he's 1% coming to meet you closer and closer day by day. If time is our most precious resource and we're constantly fixated on tomorrow and the lack of what we have in today We'll never be present enough to even experience the party if somebody yelled out, Jesus is here. What would you be doing? Would you think you need to run to grab your Bible? Would you be going to fill up your well? Would you be going to wash clean? Would you be repenting right then in that moment to say, oh, I want something. I want to be in that action. I want to meet him. I want to go to the party. 
And in your dismissal of having to divert your attention, having to go get something that you think you need or that you haven't put the time and attention in to invest and multiply so that you have an abundance, you have an offering when you come to him, you're going to be trapped outside. And so it sounds kind of scary, right? That's not God's intention for us to be in fear. Yes, there's a healthy element of activating because of discipline, right? My kids don't think I'm going to hit them because I did something, but they do know that there's going to be an element of discipline connected to their lack of obedience. And so they act because they know it's the right thing to do, but they also act out of a place of fear. In a good way, all struck wonder, it says, if you look into it deeply, what fear actually means, fearing God. I hope that this small parable in Matthew 25 brings about that element of fear. I don't want you to miss out. I want you to be with the wise. I want you to step out of that circle of foolish influence and step into a place to safe haven There are churches around you. There are live experiences around you. There are prayer warriors everywhere. Are you willing to take the time and attention out to raise your hand and say, I need help. And I'm also really good at blank. It's so important for us to understand our gifts and our talents and to do the work with the Lord so he can reveal that to you. Because in the body of Christ, not one part of me in this very moment on a Peloton isn't being used. And so you might think that, oh, she's the vocal piece. It's so much more important. I'll let her do her thing. Or he's the writer. Or he's the pastor. Or he's the teacher. Or he's the evangelist. Or he's the apostle. That's your birthright too. How you do it might look different. How you do it might feel really subtle. But what I do from stage, I can't do intimately at the same exact time. So look to your stage as the coffee shop conversation. Look to your microphone as the conversation with the teller at the bank or the grocery store supporter, bagger, cashier. We all have to activate and we all have to be so present in that current moment to have the revelation that Jesus is coming. Maybe in that moment, Jesus is there where two or more are gathered there. He will be. And so our presence and his presence must collide. And the oil that you've been cultivating and saving for this time today will be abundantly present and blessing other people in the process. I love you guys so much. Get in the word today. Let me pray over you, let's pray out. God, I thank you so much for your enduring word. I thank you that your word breathes life. I thank you that there are people all over the world that are seeking you. And though it might look with our lens, our perspective that they lack, Lord God, they have your oil. They have wells and treasure troves unknown to man. I thank you for that faith. 
I thank you for their endurance and their discipline to serve out of a place of what appears to be empty. And yet you continue to multiply. You continue to multiply. May our hearts be broken and our eyes be revealed for those people. God, thank you for the community of listeners and prayer warriors and brothers and sisters who take just even a fraction of a minute to get present with you. It's not about me, Lord. You get all the glory, all the praise. We want to follow you, Jesus. Our intention and our eyes are on you. Thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go out, get that spiritual discipline in. 7 a.m., we will be on Clubhouse, hanging out and talking. So if you want to have a, a feedback session, I'd love it. We'll be with our brother, Marcus Ellis. He leads that room, and it is so soul-filling. So I hope to see you there. I'll see you guys. Thursday, I'll be in Costa Rica on my women's retreat. Super excited about it. As I said and mentioned earlier, moving forward, we will have a missions element on all of our retreats, so I cannot wait for that. I'm also going to be giving you guys an opportunity to co-sponsor with me um, children and schools and orphanages and all of this different stuff. It's going to be absolutely incredible. We're going to do it as a family, and it's going to bless the mess out of so many people. So much so that the mess that's literally around them, like trash piles and all of that, is going to be cleaned and people are going to take witness to the evolution and the change and the glory of God in those places and regions. Um, but since I'll be in Costa Rica on Thursday and the time, I think, is only an hour difference, I might just be walking because I won't have a bike, but I'll pop in to say hello. So come hang out with me. I believe it'll be 6 a.m. Eastern on um, either Facebook or Instagram. And then remember that this also drops on the podcast every single week. And so if you couldn't join live and you want to uh, get the goods and it's hard to do via a live stream, then I would love for you to take a, a listen to the Fit and Faith podcast. Leave a review. That's like gems to me. A review on uh, one of the podcast listening apps. I would highly appreciate it. And uh, go out, make a difference and stay with the wise bridesmaids. <laughs> Bye y'all. Thanks for hanging out. Sorry and not sorry that I am interrupting your very incredible podcast with an interjected commercial on something else that I find really important or I wouldn't put it in the middle of the show because the show is rich. But I am witnessing over and over again with marketplace ministers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders who haven't yet figured it out on how do I break through this glass ceiling of finances connected to freedom and prosperity, which is God promised. It's a location and it's a place of being and it's something that's blocking you. And I want to help teach you that truth can be taught and value can be given without me needing to offer you anything. But I am going to offer you something. I'm going to offer you an opportunity to come connect and experience and learn and sit alongside others who are learning in a two-day mastermind training. 
This is content that we share inside of our 25K Mastermind. And so we want to fully make it open to the public with intention of equipping you to do the thing you're called to do. We're so tired of people not being able to break through this, this, this bondage. And so it's 30, 50, 100K months. It's a methodology that has been cracked by an incredible marketing company that works with some of the top influencers in the world. And so all of that data has been collected to teach this strategy in addition to teaching you the multi-channel influence that I know you're going to need in order for you to propel the message God has put on your heart. So that's a lot. All you need to know is go to Tamara.live to get the goods to sign up to claim your seat today. It's only two days. It's six hours. It's going to be the most highly invested time that you could possibly spend with this six hours because it's really expensive if you don't. Do you want to lose 100 k a month? I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't. We need this to come in and funnel through our experience. So when you put your name and email, it's super quick. You'll see, you'll get to talk to someone on my team to make sure it's the right fit. I don't want you wasting your time and I surely don't want you wasting your energy. And so... Yeah, that's that for now. Anyway, keep enjoying this show, and I'm so grateful you're in the community. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you, hopefully, at the Mastermind Workshop. Hey, y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.